more of a meat and potatoes type of guy. Yeah. We're talking about um, if we like jerk chicken or not. And I'm surprised. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm not too surprised by your answer that you, you, you liked it when you tried it. I did like it. It's just it was uh, it's not an everyday type of thing that I could eat. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not I'm not into the spiciness or, or citrusy tastes. I feel that anything really. I feel that, but like, I, I kind of agree in the same way. It's not something I'd eat probably every day, but like when I'm feeling it, just like some rice and chicken, I'll, I'll definitely go for a jerk chicken. Um, that that that's some where where our, our palates I think differ. I'm 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 so used to spices. Like my mom's just got spices loaded up in the closet in the uh, kitchen cabinet. So uh, even though Caribbean Indian food's different, but like what what do you cook your chicken with? Real quick before what we I get into my movies. chicken with. Yeah, I'm actually interested. What what would you oh. cook your chicken with? Uh, S&P, the way for me. S&P? S&P. Just salt, 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 just salt and pepper, eh? Well, I God got, like, damn. other stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll put on some, like, Montreal barbecue chicken spice and stuff. I don't know. I'm on a student diet, man. I don't got a lot of variety. Oh, at least get some seasoned salt. In get, some, get some Laurie's seasoned salt in there. Shout out Laurie's. I can mix it up a yeah, bit. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Some Cajun sometime, you know? Just mix up, mix up the pot. You know, even get some. Here's a hack: get some baking soda in your spice mix. Ooh, baking soda. You're asking, what does baking soda do? I'll tell you right now: baking soda is like a natural, healthy way to crisp up your chicken. And um, I figured that's yeah, what it would do. like you can cook it in oil. I have an air fryer at home, and you know, you add a little baking soda into the, uh, just a little bit. You don't need that much into the seasoning, and uh, yeah, it's a little cooking with sin. I'm sorry, I like. I don't like crispy chicken as much Ooh, i'm a big crispy chicken guy crispy chicken wings like... over um over classic any day really yeah i don't know yes. man i don't know there's um something i well i come from a very eastern european background so like you know yeah that was obvious with the salt and pepper Excuse yeah me. but like there's something that hungarians do to chicken that I have no idea how to explain to people until they try it. Is that like, are you talking about native Hungarian cuisine here? There's two dishes, chicken paprikash, which is, oh, I've Jesus heard of that Christ. before. I've heard of a, so, yeah. so succulent, so juicy, not crispy that. at all. It's just nice, soft chicken. Like a baked chicken, some, eh? Not baked. Um, this is going to sound weird. You can either pressure cook it, which is like the way we do it now because it's easier, but like the tra- traditional ways, like you make a, a stock and you cook the chicken in the stock Ooh. as as you would a soup, like but a, you take the chicken back out. Kind of a stew, like a long cook. Yes, a really good stew with something called nukedli, which is a type of egg noodle, which is just, oh, oh my goodness. And then shout out to the Hungarian Hall in Delhi, Ontario for having the best chicken I've ever had ever and still to this day is the best chicken that I've ever had ever because they do the Hungarian fried chicken and that's a secret recipe and I have no idea how they do it but Kentucky fried chicken can kiss my fucking ass Ooh, big words shots fired add those shots effects in there pop pop yeah I, I don't so, know chicken paprikash sounds interesting I'm, I might give that a go uh, you can do anything paprikash beef paprikash chicken paprikash oh so that's Basically, a style that, or that's um, yeah would you say that's a style of uh, chicken or that's a, that's a yeah. flavor? It's just a style of stew. It's like anything made with um, sour cream and paprika is is 
more or less a Hungarian dish. I see. If it has sour cream and, hung- uh, and pap- pap- paprika, paprika in it. Paprika, yeah. Paprika. Yeah, paprika. It takes a minute to lose the accent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It happens. it happens. I was eating at a Hungarian restaurant one time and I ordered um, for dessert palancinta, which is like a crepe. And he's like, are you Hungarian? I was like, well, my dad's side, yeah. He's just like, no one pronounces that right. I'm like, well, I just did. So, <laughs> Gives you a medal, gives you a little pat on the back. Like, here's the secret menu now. Yeah, the words get tough in the Hungarian language when S's and C's show up next to each other. Mm. Oh, I'm looking at a picture of a chicken paprikash right now. You know what this looks a lot like in uh, Indian cuisine? Um, like all of our Indian cuisine, actually. <laughs> if you just want to yeah. Google it. like this, Yeah, like this is exactly what pretty much you can get this... Uh, Mix up with butter chicken or tandoori chicken. Not not grilled tandoori chicken, but like chicken tikka, fucking chicken curry. You know, it's the same shit, basically. But I imagine it tastes really good. It looks really good. Oh, my God. I mean, like, when I had my grandma, when she makes it, it's just there's nothing that compares. I don't know what she does. She also makes homemade pierogies as well, which is just holy Yeah, fuck. that right under it, related searches, is chicken paprikash with dumplings. So, god damn. This is Thanksgiving yeah, and good night right after that exactly no it, it's a good night jim kite type of, exactly type of type of, type of dish Oof. all right before i'm already in a food coma because god damn this shit looks good but yeah let's let's get off the food talk for a sec yeah cheney what what have we uh what are we talking about today i guess we have a pretty uh, we have a pretty specifically focused episode yeah this one is on episode four of the boys, of the boys yeah. season two i hope people um, are also watching it with us uh and like kind of i guess you know like we have no other choice because we're all watching it episodically weekly so that's kind of cool that we're gonna you know talk about it together and experience it together i guess yeah it's gonna be really nice i didn't really get that first season because i binged it in like two days yeah but uh i think i sent you a text right after like holy oh fuck, yeah like, no that that was the that was the what excited me almost like uh i i didn't realize it was friday just because of like how the shit's going and you're like, oh yeah, bro. Did you watch the new episode? I was like, oh fuck yeah, that that's out. And your initial reaction was, um, not, it didn't give anything away about it, but it um, it uh, it elevated my expectations because we already talked about how the first three episodes were kind of um, kind of uh, like, what's the word like slower, I guess. And this, yes. yeah, this were definitely sure this, and agreed upon the fact this kicked things up into like another gear. This kick, this is the 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 plot really taking off. We're starting to escalate now. Yeah. Um, this is this where is tensions four. really. So this is yeah, a good episode, a solid like I guess mid point. We're halfway of the through season. the season. Yeah, that's so crazy. Like, yeah. Um, you know, given three episodes, I'm guessing three episodes down the line by episode seven, something absolutely fucked is going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm and I'm already kind of trying to figure out the story in my head. I've I the, I'm not trying to get too um too much information off the comics which i'm like i'm seeing start to pop up everywhere now but I'm, I'm i'm getting the impression that they're they're not staying super true to the comic book um kind of for, like in, the, in a I'm, way I'm, I'm getting the impression that this show is already doing its own thing you know yeah it's it's been doing its own thing it's from been, the start yeah. i think yeah um but in a way they're not sort of they're not deviating too hard from the comic materials it's it's very much like any sort of modern interpretation of a of a graphic novel or a comic book where they take liberties with certain things sure, but yeah staying staying true to to what matters and 
that's particularly true with the Stormfront character I'm finding. Because I only read a little bit on her, slash him, in the comics. Right. Um, so, yeah, what's the what's the kind of origin, or what, what do you know about the comic uh, variation, what they're kind of um, adapting? Well, they also alluded to this in, I forget what episode it was, but they talked about um, Compound V coming from, like, a German scientist. Yeah. And in the comics, I believe Compound V was developed to help Hitler create his super Aryan race. Oh, interesting. So um, Stormfront was a test subject, a successful test subject, and um, eventually came to America um, under a new alias um, and became a hero but secretly was a Nazi. Um, sort of a commentary on how the United States brought in a bunch of Nazi scientists to help them um, in the Cold War against right. the Russians. after World War II, uh, right. And, and yeah, for people exactly. who aren't too familiar with that, that's a super, super interesting rabbit hole. Like, Disney was a part of that. The, the guy who invented NASA was a part of that. Lots of people. Right. Yeah. So more commentary on Vought being sort of a Disney-esque exactly. entity. Exactly. Um, sort of bringing in this Nazi and marketing her as this all-American um, wow. that, superhero. That's super interesting. So they are, I guess, in a way, uh, building possibly towards the end of the show, kind of? Yeah, uh, as evidence in this, in this episode. episode. So yeah, let's yeah. let's get into this episode because I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I was a fan. Full spoilers ahead. I can't not talk about spoilers. Yeah, it, this episode. sorry for the the last episode. We, I, I noticed we didn't really um, outright say oh, spoilers. We did. did we? I I, I tend yeah, to did. think I, we forget because it's just it's no, just fun did. to get into it. But yeah, so I think spoilers is a given in every episode at this point. But yeah, yeah. So that's where I kind of want to jump off the conversation is to start off from that reveal of mm. um, of Stormfront possibly being Liberty. Yeah, um, the past superhero. Um, right. So we get a we get a pretty intense flashback. Uh, yeah, midway so in the episode. Yeah, it kind of. So let kind of a really sensitive ooh. flashback for the time. Yeah, uh, uh, I know this was filmed far beforehand, but like still, um, I don't really like to talk about current events, but like that definitely heightened the scene for me. Sure. Yeah, and and. It just it's like an exclamation point on on kind of it, like you said current events and not just because this year has has been what it is but it's like it, it's kind of just a, a mark on like how things haven't changed even from like say the the 60s the 70s like um you know what I mean like these the, this is how it's been this is how um and what I'm talking about more specifically and what the show kind of get into is like it's racism and how this character uh, Liberty right that's her name um, she's basically a racist she has racist ideologies she's a racist hero in all eyes of the most public. likely a literal Nazi most likely a little not literal Nazi like you if if we're connecting to the comics and that kind of makes sense in, in her in her characterization in the show which is interesting and, and yeah so that flashback which is ties in a lot to like the world today and, and it comes after like the setup of it it comes after a really kind of sweet moment which i remember i texted you about that too i was like yeah what a what a good uh road trip scene good car ride fun car ride to like just fully like you know thrust you into um a really kind of it's it's hard to watch it's it's definitely and and this is the kind of 
in a way beauty of the show like it really doesn't pull its punches in terms of visuals in terms of what it's trying to tell its story of and uh and yeah it's a heavy scene i know it it is a really heavy scene um and here's the thing about the road trip and here's the thing about maybe commentary on um dark shows in general Hmm. is i couldn't find myself to relax when they're on the road trip you know what i mean yeah like i kept thinking something was going to go wrong because things were going pretty decently well that's always the case right it's always like if there's a moment of peace in a in in a in a kind of world where there's never there never should be peace then you're anticipating some kind of a like a bomb to go off soon and it's not a bomb in the sense of like a action sequence or somebody dying it's just it's like a really heavy moment and yeah i don't know how much we can like talk about it uh like without i guess yeah. we can give it away but it's a it's just a heavy moment and it 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 enforces um essentially okay why don't you why don't you kind of talk about the scene and connect it to the character of stormfront because i think you were you were looking into that a lot yeah, so Stormfront stops a car, Storm apparently yeah. looking for for a robbery. Yeah, um, of a black family takes the black man out of the driver's seat. He's asking her what's wrong. I didn't do anything, as evidenced by his younger sister, who it's the flashback of. He probably didn't do anything, and um, she just takes it as an opportunity because they're in the middle of nowhere, um, and particularly probably down south which was evident on the road trip where they drove drove past that mural of mm-hmm. a homelander with the confederate flag yeah. uh cape instead of the united states flag which yeah, I, I thought was that was really an like, obvious point kind of made right that they were going south in, in like the south america uh not south america sorry like the southern part of america yeah so sort of akin to what happened there um not too long ago. I don't know. Like I don't, the not 60s. too long ago. I guess they ago. set up. 60s, I guess the flashback is set up. Um, I I don't want to butcher the decade. I know it's mentioned, but I want to say the 70s to be specific. It was like 30 years, 40 years, something like that. Um, and so yeah. that's what I was trying to say is like, it's the show is already relevant to the times with its connection to like you mentioned Disney and the modern Hollywood and movies and such like that. And so it it like even more emphasizes this point that like with racist racial injustice and kind of like these people with authority people of power taking it out on minorities essentially people of color uh it's not an issue that was adjusted then and it's now coming back it's always been an issue so that like yeah just for for the show to emphasize that it was a deep moment yeah and it um really read led to the reveal in the show it was it was one of those what moments you know Mm -hmm. um first it was the cia lady dying in the mm-hmm. second episode mm-hmm. and then this was one of those another one of those reveal what moments that happened actually quite a lot throughout the first season which was part of my you know these cliffhangers that it's a big really trademark of the show. it's a big trademark yeah it is um and we were kind of um, reading into this happening later in our last discussion of the boys uh yeah you know this it, it's it's interesting how they were they wanted the audience i guess because i was definitely thinking about it you know um that the character Stormfront, so the Stormfront is Legion essentially, and uh, so the flashback takes place in the seventies, um, and you start to think about it like how is the character Stormfront stayed young throughout these years, and you know you brought up the com- the comic book origins, how she was possibly testing with Nazis, and so that's interesting. I, I I'm interested to see how how this season plays off that. Um, what who is she? You know, like another, that's the whole question. Who yeah. is Stormfront? 
what is another what's cool thing good? yeah done by the casting people is that the actress that plays her is jewish so really wow they might be hinting at like she was um part of the holocaust and they did testing on her then wow. and then she became this nazi super weapon so like yeah there's could, so much to unpack with her there's a lot of yeah Ooh. um but yeah so the the, the last episodes were kind of hinting at subtly hinting at the fact that stormfront is obviously darker than she's appearing it's she you know like homelander is putting up an act to the public a very different act a very you know of the 2010s kind of celebrity how how not just an act to the public but an act to the seven and to an act to thought, everybody it and seems it yeah. seems but hold on so let's get into i have a question she was put on by vaught though right like yeah. she's put on by um uh again i the character's name i'm spacing out on but he's basically the villain in every show breaking bad the mandalorian you know who i'm talking about yeah the villain of yeah, I know the, the main vaught ceo guy um it yeah. seems to me so she was put on directly by him to con- to counter power uh homelander's uh i guess you know leadership yeah he sort of so she's kind of an inside that she's an inside agent essentially yeah, he sort of recognized that Homelander was starting to become like a loose cannon, and this is his counterbalance, and he seems very confident in that, which is kind of weary, and that's what you keep saying, like, she could be worse than Homelander. That's what I texted you right away after this episode ended, I'm like, I'm pretty damn confident she's worse than Homelander. No, here's the thing. <laughs> and we can get into that debate. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. She might be worse than Homelander now. Yeah, but, yeah, true. But this plan to offset Homelander with an even worse Ooh, hero it's pissing him might off pro- might propel homelander past her yeah you know what i mean you know what, how, how i've been saying like stormfront seems more like an obstacle to homelander yeah because homelander has this weirdly protagonistic viewpoint throughout the show yeah in this season especially he's definitely yeah he's definitely got like you said a protagonistic viewpoint. well they knew they hit gold with this character oh, yeah. the actor that they knew it yeah because like ho- like he's he is the role at this point yeah for sure um it's gonna be hard for me to see him as anything else than a psychopathic superman no it's one of those things like i as far as iconic castings go like it's in the league of robert downey jr as iron man or fucking um who else cheney what one of them uh, ones you know like fucking yeah i don't know pick your poison on that but it's 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 like i said in the last episode he steals every single scene because you just don't know what where where he's at, what he's gonna do. Because he says one thing, but then, you know, part of the del- delivery or whatever it is, like part of him projecting his character is always that he's you're unsure as an audience of what he's really gonna do. Whether it's more devious than um, than he's putting on, you know. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed in this in this in this uh, episode, but. Um... As a huge fan of A Hero with a Thousand Faces, where they talk about the hero's journey and the death and resurrection, there was quite literally like a Homelander dying and being resurrected as something new in this episode near the end. Yeah. Um, he had an arc. He, he had a bit of an arc in this episode for sure. No? Everyone did. This this yeah. whole episode was about... A lot of characters. It was growth. such a no, but him especially though. I want to. I want like yeah. His arc in this episode, with especially with the ending, like you're about to get into, but uh, it really it was almost a point of view driven in his point of view story, and 
like we already knew he's a weird dude he's got some issues you know um but yeah that's putting it lightly <laughs> that's definitely putting it lightly he's beyond fucked up as a, as just a dude but this is where i thought you know the show made made me kind of made me more settled in that this guy is going to be like the villain you know he's not he's not going to turn good he's not going to be flip floppy like he's for sure the fucking worst guy in the show maybe was what that the end scene mm-hmm. he kind of cemented himself you know he found himself to be you know like we were talking about this in the last one who what makes stormfront worse or what makes homelander worse essentially what they have in common is how detached they are from ordinary people right civilians um stormfront comes with a racist ideology so you can argue with superpowers like i don't know like you know that that just adds to the argument um and but with with homelander as we see in this in this episode he kind of comes coming from a sort of conflicted character with a very conflicted character not sort of but a very complicated background like he he's not he's not raised to be a human you know he's he's raised to be a product an idol an icon so he's yeah. he's he's always seen himself as separate um and in this episode he's kind of just taken ownership of the fact that he's god i guess and he doesn't need people in his life no he only needs him like he doesn't even need himself i guess i don't know what i don't know Hello? what there? comes yeah uh oh cheney's out um, i don't know what happened uh, I shouldn't be out. The chain smoker is not here. Uh oh. There we go. That's what happens. Janey. Just a second. Just a Fuck. second. This has been happening as of late, yeah? Sorry, guys. Little technical difficulties, but I'll keep the airways going. Yep. Am I back? You're back. Okay. Yeah, I go from 30 ms to 5,000. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you getting, like, injecting NOS into your, into your Wi-Fi? Like, that sounds crazy. I don't know. It, it literally just cuts in and out now. I, I need to get it fixed somehow. Yeah, shout, um, shout out university apartment Wi-Fi, essentially. Uh, no, this is our own router. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> or just Waterloo in general, maybe. Just a yeah, lot of people on Wi-Fi there. Yeah. Um, What was I saying? Something about homelander uh yeah yeah i i was tossing it back to you there about homelander oh man what was it oh just i don't know get in get into it wherever you want to get into it this is this is a big homelander episode so what did you think about homelander what what i think was this is no longer homelander questioning himself he was questioning his motives he kind of he was kind of holding on to the life he had before Mm. um before shit started to go awry um as evidenced by what's what's the fucking how do i forget this character's name the one he killed in season one um at the end right fucking i'm forgetting her name too madeline yeah madeline so he, he the old he's CEO, using i believe yeah. yeah yeah he's using doppelganger as a means to sort of oh my god keep that part of himself alive by him transforming into her and what a scene the, what a scene yeah <laughs> I, I was, I was, my mouth is open the entire time. Like, how is this possible? What is going on? What the fuck? And when he, and when he turned back, I was just like, that is just the most fucked thing that could have possibly happened. I, 
Like their my expectations are always blown out of the water by how fucking fucked in the head Homelander yeah. is. And that's why the him, ending is so good, right? That's why that last scene. It's because it ties yeah. right back into that of how fucked is this guy? You don't know how fucked of things he would do, and then it just yeah. But continue. I I totally believed he was gonna have sex with himself. Yeah, or at least get head. Yeah, he was definitely gonna get head at least. He was thinking about it. Yeah, he thought about it. Yeah. No, he definitely thought about it. But then that decision to kill Doppelganger, which was his only right. sort of doorway portal back to whatever he had before, mm-hmm. is gone. And now he's fully fully accepting the challenge that's been put in front of him. I wouldn't even say much of a challenge. It's much more of, I think, a realization that he's, in his eyes, God, Superman, Jesus, whatever. Like He's better than everybody else. And he doesn't need people. And when you are when you have those kind of thoughts, it's like, think if Superman didn't have Lois Lane, right? Uh, the Injustice game kind of visualizes that for us. Superman gets fucked up in the head and kills everybody or kills the Justice League. So it's Homelander is basically bad Superman. And this is Superman, this kind of episode. It's that, you know, guy realizing he has no connection to humanity left whatever thin connection that was because it was thin right like the whole first season tells us like he doesn't really have a connection to humanity but he's yearning for one like he wants something he's definitely yeah he he's chasing something really bad in a fucked up way like oh again in a really fucked up way like he has he has freudian issues bro big freudian issues oedipus Oedipus complex for sure Um, oedipus complex yeah oh fuck um but yeah that rejection that literal death and resurrection i was talking about at the end of the episode yeah that's it takes a very literal (laughs) doesn't it uh yeah yeah um it's uh it's gonna it's gonna lead to some bad shit and i am incredibly terrified and i feel like annie put it the best way um where she walks around vaught feeling like there's a loaded gun in her face because homelander's there Mm. and i watched the show feeling there's a loaded gun in my gut just waiting for homelander to explode and do something so um as far as villains go like right up there with with cersei in seasons one through five and a half of game of thrones um he's just he's just the most menacing psychologically fucked up villain that we've had in a long time and i'm so glad i'm along for this ride you know what i mean yeah it's 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 interesting that this might be a conversation for another episode because actually i'm thinking about it it is a good topic but this idea that villains are becoming in the you know in the eyes of media or something just more interesting than heroes to kind of look at here's the thing though we haven't had a villain like this in a while like everyone always talks about villains that are um uh, sort of morally conspicuous mm. and they're like oh those villains are so deep here's a good example of someone who's just straight up evil but is still an interesting character yeah you know what I mean yeah not for sure he's 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 not just evil he's evil yeah. it's like evil and like you know you already know he's evil but then what like what is he to be able, it's always what is he about to do next like what is every character interaction with him is like anxiety giving because oh my god you don't know yeah. if he's gonna snap somebody's neck if he's gonna you know it, it's always which a, was oh. 
perfectly shown in in the first couple episodes really. yeah like you just don't know what this guy's gonna do next yeah. and and even with this um, in this episode his i especially liked his um kind of interactions with storm not not storefront uh starlight annie um their kind of character relationship and how it's progressing and it's becoming it's making me feel a bigger connection towards her as a character and just you know like her predicament is kind of more fucked up now it seems oh yeah way more fucked up now than ever before um as evident with the park scene which actually was like so well acted mm, um, yeah i thought like i really felt for her there it was like holy shit like i've actually been there like um just out of job and just hating it and coming home and not having like anybody to help you through it other mm. than maybe like one person and you just collapse and, and you get like two seconds sort of, of escape in your life yeah, yeah. exactly it, you you escape from it for a second and it's just um and it's bliss mm-hmm. and um qe being the biggest hero of them all in terms of like the character that's most connected to humanity which offsets from homelander um as like the perfect perfect antithesis to him where he's all about human interaction first and foremost mm-hmm um, yeah, good point. That, that's yeah. actually that's a really important point. Actually, he's like a really big contrast. It's not Butcher exactly, even though they're kind of the, the no primary. The thing conflict, with Butcher, but, yeah, the thing with Butcher in terms of the conflict between Homelander is that like Butcher doesn't realize it, but he's more like Homelander than he is like a regular person, despite his hate for soups. Yeah, he's more like the devious, um, right. crazy, psychopathic heroes than he is a human. Yeah, and. Huey is an important character in that where I think Huey's going to be the doorway to him to you know step back into what it is to be human well, again. Ex- Huey is his connection think, to humanity, right? It, it, yeah, it, exactly. It also Becca his wife, but um Huey I think Becca more sort of in a way. Becca sort of shows him that like, you know, you're not who you used to yeah, be. Yeah, you got to check yourself. Be. She in this episode, you know, well, his whole goal is to rescue his wife and his wife says like I can't go with you because uh, of who you are right yeah now. exactly like this and basically what he, he he he's like you said similar to homelander because of how disconnected he's become from humanity now like he would probably go as far as to leave that kid uh that becca has with homelander you know the um uh, young soup young young superman out there ryan ryan yes yeah uh, um, and you could imagine, like, I, I, I put myself, like, there in that second. Like, yeah, he, I could see him doing some fucked up shit in that situation. Um, so that's a really good point where he has Huey to kind of, more importantly, just, just reel him in, you know? Yeah, because despite all Huey's gone through, and he's sort of um, just the example in The Boys of the only person that has gone through this yet is still the most human out of everyone um he mother's milk maybe oh, yeah mother's milk maybe but he um he's sort of singular-minded in his goal where he doesn't really respect all of humanity like he wants his family back obviously and um anything that causes trouble or brings attention or has the potential for trouble despite the good intentions he doesn't really want to do mm-hmm. and obviously frenchie is um pretty fucked in the head as well yeah i love frenchie as a character he yeah, had a, he had a pretty interesting arc in this one too um, i was so so off taken by his attempted kiss on kimiko yeah that was um, fucked up even i thought the same dude, thing i was like dude come on 
but like later like yeah it's fucked up but like but later he explains on, himself yeah they, he, yeah even yeah, the explanation it, they, though even like you know that was a good scene with him who's that chick again i don't remember she was in the first season right yeah she was his lover yeah okay so she yeah he goes and hooks up. He he was definitely like you know he was he was horny, so he was trying to. Well, I think it's a bit. I of guess that. that's how he copes. That's how he copes. Right. That's with how a, he. That's how loss. he copes. But even in that moment where he tries to kiss Kimiko, I think. Like I don't know if I necessarily fully believed he was trying to help her, you know, because he definitely likes her. I I've gotten it the whole time throughout the show. Like he, I mean, he definitely likes her, but I do think that's how he thinks he can yeah, help her. I, I don't think I'm trying to get it twisted. Actually, like his whole character is he's trying to help her, and he's he's helping her more than anything exactly. But that was a really weird moment. Like that that has me like kind of conflicted in in the sense that he had sex right after. So I didn't know if he was just you know sexually frustrated, if he was just trying to get it off, or like the the. But yeah, I don't know. That's it. Just it makes it all the more interesting. I think. I think he went back to his lover because she's actually the only one he could talk to about it because she understands him from that perspective. Mm, that makes sense. That so, does. So he just he just wanted something to rebound off of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what he got and what he's going to, you know, and it's going to continue throughout the season. And I'm excited to see it because he explained himself and he's going to learn from his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then him and Kamiko's relationship, whether it turns more intimate or not, um, will continue throughout the show and Kamiko will continue with her develop as well which is awesome to see still happening in the second season yeah let's talk about her little moment in this uh, in this episode because that had me yeah she's pumped. uh she's re- she's revenge heavy for sure yeah and so there's a little scene um Stormfront is in uh addressing Giving a protest like she essentially starts a protest against um, Vought against Vought which is all bullshit you know and she is talking in front of all these people and demonstrating your powers and whatnot can i just add though something real quick yeah yeah i love the commentary on her saying like i don't have fans i have soldiers and how there are people on social media um who do utilize social media and their following as a means to weaponize it dude um what is like yeah yeah so um I love that commentary and that's where it's like yeah the Stormfront character is way different than Homelander um, how it is in the comics oh no yeah yeah I agree yeah um, um, but bringing it into that modern setting mm-hmm. is working so well in that aspect that's that's what I that's all they wanted to really add but yeah um, no no that's a really important point too that that's exactly what it is say in the modern day like she emphasize like she is kind of visualizing that um when she's like talking to on social media and all that and in it it's like it came off as a threat to homelander and and then you see it in this scene you see all all the people who are like passionately following her and like you know um it, it it's like it, it it was that kind of that point at the end of the the sentence where she is now kind of a threat to homelander like in the public eye also he's he's becoming less favorable where he was yeah. Captain America essentially before, you know, and yeah. he, his ideology, his whole kind of um, how he wants to lead the team and how he wants to uh, like be all America first and all that. It's becoming outdated. It's, you know, which again, look at the reflections in, in society today. Um, but anyways, back to Kimiko. Um, so Stormfront's giving like this protest rally, leading it off and whatever. And Kimiko is like angrily just walking towards her in a, packed crowd 
and like you get the sense she's contemplating just like doing something like charging at her and the whole intensity the whole tension of the scene was pure like directing and editing like just fucking glory like it was it was all that no dialogue no i don't even think there was a score yeah can you get into that a bit about yeah it was it was it was that you know like because i really paid attention to that scene there was no dialogue in the scene but you were fucking there and just feeling the full-on tension of her uh, wanting to kind of you know she wants to get revenge for the death of her brother there was that one shot it was a shot that put you in the crowd there's there's you, the shots of Kamiko yeah. pushed through the frame and you She's, don't see who it is at first. And so there's like, a bunch that's... of close-ups just of her walking through the crowd, shuffling through people. And at the same time, while it's getting like close in on her, close in on her, it's flashing back to the moment she sees her brother dying and getting his, you know, the really visceral death, the really fucking holy fuck. Like as yeah. this show likes to demonstrate death really visually and intensely, you know, um, it's from her point of view, her perspective, we're seeing that. And as she's charging forward, as she's charging forward, and you know the it's the editing just builds towards a climax that doesn't really happen because for a second she catches herself, she like the you know you're kind of following along with her thinking it well if she fucking goes up against Stormfront she could die in a second you know at least yeah. that's what I was um, thinking. That's where Kamiko's arc comes in where she's gonna have to learn to play the long game and i think that's what she kind of realized she she had a moment of realization where she stepped back and you're like oh fuck like good you know you would have got wiped off the board in a second and and that's when frenchie kind of comes in at the at the perfect second but it was all editing and yeah it was just pure like just good tension building editing no dialogue no sound needed to put you in that audience put you in the moment of kimiko deciding whether to attack Stormfront, whether to get revenge, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about Butcher in this episode. Because mm-hmm. he had quite the arc as well. Where um, he successfully infiltrated that society prison that Ryan and his wife are in and successfully communicated with her and... Um, yeah it just goes to show the extent of which like you know at the end of season one you're like okay she's in a house somewhere with the homeowner's son and she's happy and then but then you slowly realize like this place is an actual literal prison mm-hmm. um set up by Vought for this whole big charade to make ryan think he has a normal life um when in reality he doesn't so um it, it sort of toys with your expectations and your feelings where at first I'm like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for for more than a season. Like is the re um, butcher being reunited with his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that gut punch where you feel it. I felt it um, of her rejecting who he's become in the pursuit to save her. Um, and she's grown in a different way. She's grown into a mother and it's like, you know, a mother's love for a child is unbreakable. Um, and, you know, he can't get past that. He just still sees her as the girl that disappeared on him. Um, and he thinks that maybe he hasn't changed much. And if he just goes to her, then she'll come right back to him. But that's not reality at this point. So um, a really big arc for Butcher and um, some something big being set up for episode five. Yeah, for sure. It, it, 
makes me question kind of like I think for everybody in this episode you know just kind of it shakes up the kind of foundations shakes up the ground but for Butcher also especially it it makes you think like now what does he have to do like where does his character go from here um, which I guess we talked about a little like he has to reconnect with humanity a little bit I think that's what it essentially will be and um, the key is but that ma- how is that gonna play out in this crazy especially story, with a right? with a certain fought hero now after him exactly oh yes our our big fucking finale at the end um which might be for me one of the most interesting characters because even i got Here's into the, yeah even i also got into a bit of the comic book uh background i've i've been avoiding it because i know oh, he's an interesting fuck. character in yeah the comics. and I, I wish i didn't read it that's what i was gonna say so i don't i'm not gonna say it directly because if they go in that direction it's huge um but I would rather that be revealed in the season and us talk about it. But yeah, he has a pretty big setup. I think nothing, nothing big kind of development wise in the show, but a big setup, I think for the next episode, potentially. Yeah. Black Noir was, um, the character of Black Noir was criticized online for season one because it was really utilized in any sort of way. And people who read the comics were kind of disappointed because they, because they know and apparently you know i will find out that he's a super interesting character um and i guess in season two it's like them realizing that and, and going forward right. with i think season sort one of is the setup for that it just making you question like what is this guy gonna do and then immediately in season two we get hit with the first bit of information of what this guy's powers are kind of you know what he's about which is i guess what little information we have so far is that He's possibly indestructible, right? He is yeah. possibly a nice guy, possibly well, a cool dude. Well, I think that was more done for comedic purposes. He's a guy I might have a beer with, you know, for sure. He's not very the he's not very conversational, so I don't think you'd you'd have a beer with him. But um, <laughs> that's a good point. It'd be, inter- I, it'd, it'd be, it'd be a, interesting to see. No, but he. What I'm trying to say is he he is i don't know what they're setting up with this guy like we get the bit where he is basically taking out a bunch of terrorists in the first episode of this season and which was really really weird that was really fastly done i thought that would be more of a thing in season two but they kind of just swept away with it in yeah five minutes. in like the first yeah first episode like there you go more than what you know black noir ever had in the first episode and then in this episode we get this like weird interaction with a a Vought kind of analyst something like yeah I guess she's an analyst of some sorts and he is looking for Billy the Butcher for some reason yeah. a reason that we now don't there's know there's some sort of relationship between him and Homelander though we know that a little bit okay what's um, the what's the in show what have they said so far um well in season one he never really like he always said like Black Noir you're doing great yeah and then I think I think in this season he said he's known Black Noir the longest like they're the two of the oldest people on the seven so he knows i thought in this episode Homeland- he said like to mave that same thing that you're like the with the one i know the longest on this team something like that he, uh yeah something like that i don't know i know i know, I know they've mentioned that homelander and, and black noir have some sort of pseudo relationship mm. in a way um yeah it must have been really and whether strong. yeah and whether we're homelanders using him um 
is kind of evident in the fact that like Vought has no real interest in Billy the Butcher, but Homelander does. And um, using Black Noir to sort of identify him and find him, especially after their interaction in the third episode, then yeah, I think there's something going on there. Yeah, just that that's all it is. We can only wonder at this point because it was so loosely set up. Like, I feel like it was just like right at the end, like, oh, uh, he's not looking for him. And you're like, oh, where's that going to go? You know, I think it's just it's going to be an obstacle for Billy to get back to the boys. I think it's you know going to be mean? deeper than that. I think it's going to be narratively kind of integral. Like, this is going to be it has to be like it was almost a felt like a after credit scene in a movie you know like a marvel movie uh, where it's like I don't supposed know. If, to build if, towards something i thought it was like that i don't think it's necessarily like an obstacle like it very well could be you you know it very well could be that but it seems to me like he's he's searching him maybe for like a different reason than what homelander is searching for like you know maybe he wants to talk to maybe him. that's the impression i got it's like he's like seeking him out for a reason you know i think the impression i got is that if after that interaction with his wife billy sort of became stuck in a narrative sense um, with nothing to do so they needed something to sort of kickstart him doing something which I I'm still excited to in see in a way that is that is true that is also the case now it's like the so. next it's the, this this almost felt like a season ender of an episode when it's really the midpoint of a season like I think that's I think that's appropriate though we're halfway through the is. season now yeah, yeah, we're starting it's, to it's a good like reason to stay on on board for a show, you know. Yeah, and it's gonna help me keep track of the week. Yeah, because before I was having, you know, all did you know all day Wednesday I thought it was Tuesday. Yeah, I had that last week. Sunday I thought it was Monday. Yeah, fuck. I don't know. Hopefully, school will put me back into a routine. I, I man, I had the same thought too. Like school started for me. Also, it's gonna start this week. Online, doing all all all. Eh. There it goes. All online classes. Um, and I was thinking to myself, fucking thank God. Like, And then after that, I was like, wait, what? Did I? Am I grateful that school is starting for a reason? Like, But yeah, it's it's in a real way. It's like, other than doing this show, which is a great way to keep track of the weeks and, and just have, have a good routine, have a good hobby, you know, kind of stay on track of, um, school is going to be another good routine. But anyways, fucking, why are we talking about school? Yeah. What else is there left in this episode? Mm. Oh, we got more stuff with the deep. Just, just weird stuff. Weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really weird setup. Like it was the opening of the episode, right? That was this uh, interview kind of like it, it seemed like a matchmaking, which it is, I guess. It ended up being revealed it's a matchmaking thing, but it was like you know, hot girl talking to a camera. She talked about. Seemed like you said it also the whole kind of theme of this episode was love in a way, which I'm interested yeah. to hear your your uh opinion your explanation kind of opinion on that. Um, um it seems but, as though in this world that we have you or in, in the boys, like in the situation they're in, they want love but they just can't have it. Um mm, Huey can't yeah, really have yeah. love with Starlight because one, Huey's a wanted fugitive and she would get absolutely murdered and two all she does is bring more attention to the boys Mm -hmm. um butcher can't have love with his wife because he's turned into a monster 
Homelander can't have love because he's detached from all of humanity itself. So he loves himself um, in a fucked up way. Yeah. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right. The, yeah. Frenchie has a point. fucked up view about love as a means to mend tragedy, but that's not the reality for everybody. That might help him. That might help him with tragedy. Doing drugs and and having sex and stuff might help him but he doesn't realize that doesn't work for other people because he hasn't really had much interaction with you can't force love on others yeah. yeah exactly so um this this whole and then the deep yeah. he can't have real love he just has um some front of love as a means to um the goal that he has to get back into the seven so yeah. um Love is a facade in this world, and this was completely evident in this episode. Well, it's something that's not attained. It's never attained by anybody in this show, but it's no. sought after. And and with the deep, it's like a f- a facade, like it's like a fake love, you know, that he's trying to get. And it the whole storyline, anyways, that interests me is like his connection to this cult and how how they're trying to help him get back into the seven and. It's I think like, they want influence in the seven. I think, I think that's so what they too. want. Them. I think so too. I think that's what it is. And the fact that this is its own storyline that runs parallel to everything else going on is cool. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say it's, that. It's it's it's, it's weird like that we, it's, we didn't get much of that in this episode of, of what the deep is doing. It's like literally one scene at the end, but it yeah, sets yeah, up again, like this this felt like a jumping off point for the rest of the series and yeah. or like at least for the season. And with him it's like yeah what the fuck is his relationship with this cult gonna gonna lead to you know yeah it's weird that this story is so separate from the main line so story separate. but there's so but separate. there's still that thread back that's still there and, yeah. I, and you know it's coming and it i'll be interested exactly. to see how it's, they weave him back in it's building towards some kind of event towards the end it's it's like making him anticipate something each time they're kind of like talking about the deeper Anytime he's on screen, you're like anticipating where is this storyline gonna go, you know, which is cool. Yeah, and like they decided that in season one, so I I know they have a plan for this. Well, and it's really I know nice they have a plan a... till season three. Like they have a whole one to three arc going on right now. Yeah, I heard about some casting choices for season three or some more comic like comic characters coming in, mm-hmm. um, like. Um, the Captain America parody soldier boy mm-hmm. who's like just a sociopathic Captain America which should be fun but um, yeah it's we'll we'll see where the thread goes um, I I have no idea how they're going to pull it off um, or how many episodes it's going to take but um, it'll be interesting to see and the deep is definitely one of the more um He's not interesting per se, but he has some of the most intrigue by me. Mm-hmm. He, if you yeah, know what I mean, he like I I wasn't as interested in him in the first season, I think, but he's becoming more interesting as this season progresses. And I yeah. just hope it kind of builds to a really kind of interest. Like I don't want to say interesting too much. I feel like I am, but a kind of you know a big conclusion. Like where is this actually leading to? Because I obviously think he's gonna have not, a face turn, man. What would you say? I think he's gonna have a face turn, like a sorry, like that's a 
another wrestling term I used in yeah. the last episode. Like he's gonna, yeah. he's no, gonna I, become a good guy. He's gonna well, realize see, he's being used. It seems by like they're building thought. towards that. It seems like they're it like it almost like too much outright seems like because he is having like a character development moment in like not just thematically but like narratively like within the series he's literally going through like therapy he's trying to change and be a better person blah 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 like it seems like they're trying to set that up as a to me as almost like a face like to maybe to trick us what i don't know i don't want to project i don't want to predict where it's going to go because truly with the show i don't know if you can but um i don't want to i don't want to put my chips into it just yet i don't think like it, it's that might be too obvious you know what i mean like that might be like the obvious character arc like he he went from a douche to a good guy like i feel like they're not going to take that route for that reason i think they are because um but it's too cliche it's at, too it's no like, but no as evident but it's not a cliche it, it, cliche cliche is cliche but if a cliche is done well then it's done well and like sure. i think the way his character was portrayed in the first season was he was just a tool used by Vought. He became the circumstances of that tool. And now he's um, being a tool used by um, this cult. But I think he's going to realize he doesn't have to be in the end. And that's going to be that complete character arc, which is... I think you're you know. hitting it there where he's he, he might realize he's been... Uh, used as a tool like again he's being used possibly being used as a tool by this cult like we don't really know where this whole cult plays into the bigger story what what their story is going to be i hope it's kind of like what you're saying though he real he has some sort of big realization but where he goes from that realization you know like once the coin flips what is who is the deep going to be i think like that has the potential to be a really interesting story because he's a He's kind of a comedic character. Like, you don't take him as seriously. So I can't see him as a hero. Like, I just can't see him, like, being part of the group of the boys, you know? Like, I don't But that's that where happen. that... That's where the twist will come. <laughs> He's not going to be part of the boys, but, like, no. in terms of, like, you not being able to take him seriously as a hero. But when... If they portray it well enough to where okay. you do see him as once, a serious once hero. We, once we get to the ending, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm already kind of interested to see our last episode discussion and see where we where we end up on this one i don't know if it'll happen this season no actually you know what you're right i think this might like even with the last season how he kind of had a really kind of paralleled like storyline like his storyline was a little separate from the like a plot i guess like i think he will have a continued development that just is is a parallel story kind of to the rest of the story um yeah i think they are building with him to something bigger but what that is yeah. what what could that be i don't know maybe i'll eat my words but um yeah no um good shit from episode four yeah so far my favorite episode of uh this season no doubt i really liked episode three too though i did too but i think it was it was like how the first three episodes were building to an episode three i think this episode like really um like made sure i'm gonna pay attention to the rest of the series even though i was like even though you know it was obvious i'm gonna watch it but i think for any casual audience for on an interest level on a intensity level on an emotional level like i told you to like 
I, I, I was just feeling, I, I could just remember I was just feeling throughout the show or throughout this episode. Just, I, I had emotion, you know, which is, you know, sometimes you flip on Netflix or Amazon Prime, whatever, you're, you're streaming some shows, you're binging, and you're not necessarily engaging with what you're watching. It's just, it's just in the background. It's just flowing in the back. It becomes yeah. like white noise. And I don't know, this episode, I can say for certain, I was just constantly engaged with what I was watching. Yeah, I would say I like this episode more than episode three as well. I like episode three because it was a really good um, spectacle. It was a big action thing that they don't always do. And you can see where mm-hmm. the higher budget's going towards. Um, some really like spectacular scenes and directing. And um, But I definitely prefer episode four because, you know, I say it almost every episode now. I'm a yeah. character-driven guy, and this was a very character-heavy, arc-heavy episode that um set up the uh the sort of the psychological obstacles for every character Mm -hmm. and um it's going to be really great to see them overcome it so yeah real quick i have a question for you do you think the flashback scene we got in this episode that you know we were just talking about do you think that is going to be the equivalent to the plane scene in season one or should we anticipate something else no. Something worse, something dark. I keep saying it. I keep saying oh. it. Homelander's going to oh. do some heinous yeah, shit. Because, I mean, that was Stormfront's heinous shit, as you just aptly put it. it that was like, to, to let us know, already we had seen it in the last episode with her snapping right. the neck of, of um, Kimiko's brother. But in the episode, in this episode, um, it like doubled downs on that. So I think like, you're obviously, right. Obviously, yeah. what she did was like horrible and i i reeled back it was hard they, to watch like man I, yeah. i'll keep saying it it was because they they fucking like this show is not shy with its visuals and and it oh it like yeah i really just shows but, you it you know it shows you what she did and it's like words aren't gonna put it into justice like if you watch it you already know what i'm talking about if you're gonna watch it you'll anticipate and you'll know what i'm talking about but yeah oh it didn't fucked, make it fucked. The thing though about the airplane scene in season one, I, I I was binging it, and the reason I stopped the one day was because of that episode. I couldn't continue after that. I had to give myself a break. Yeah, no, I feel so, you. That that was that so. Was I I still think I still think that's number one in terms of crazy heinous dark shit that's happened in the show, mm-hmm. and I think they're gonna one up it this season with something Homelander does. Is it weird to say I hope so? <laughs> Am I fucked up for saying I hope to see then double down even more? Like, no, because I also hope so. There and you go. I'm glad you said it out loud. There it is. I said it first. I'll I'll take I'll take a claim to that. But um, no, yeah, this is a fucking. It's it's getting unreal. It's getting to the point of um, to like goddamn, you know, goddamn, you got to watch this show, man. Like this is yeah. when if we were in school, if we if you were with your friends. Um, socially, like just out there, this is the show that you want to be fucking putting your friends on. I think that's what I feel about it personally. I've been trying. I've been trying. And, yeah, uh, well, I'm gonna try harder now. I'm, I'm really gonna like if, because I know a lot of people aren't necessarily into the superhero genre. Like, it's this it, isn't I feel like, necessarily a superhero show. No, it's you know it's I mean? it's not. It's using the genre conventions, but it's not a super. It's not a Marvel. It's not a DC show. It's like completely. It's using uh, the, fuck, it's, the superhero world to tell a political like, corruption story. Sure. And, and I think a la, a la like, House of Cards. A lot. It's really layered. Yeah. There's there's some House of Cards elements in there for sure. But 
it's a really layered kind of commentary on on the world like the modern kind of world we live in today while using the superhero genre because it's such a popular storytelling mechanic of you know our times and at the same time it's aware of that so i think uh it's a it's an important show not only just a great show but it's an important show of our times but it's a fucking fantastic show at that too it's just you know i can appreciate a show that doesn't pull its punches like i've said that a a bunch of times about movies or shows and uh the show doesn't pull its punches it uh it uh it does not no you know it doesn't i don't i was trying to think of something clever but i failed halfway through because <laughs> it stumps you man the show just stumps you at times like it really it's it like like you said it it, it jaw drops you when homelander gets on screen and you don't know what the fuck is gonna go down and i'm, I'm on the imdb page right for this right now yeah. um and it's number two in popular like popular tv shows right now popularity what's number one uh good question let's see i heard cobra kai is getting big right now yeah since since that came on netflix i've heard the the same thing which i'm glad it's on netflix now not youtube means i i could actually maybe give it a shot um but yeah let's see what's top rated tv oh i'm looking at all time right now but wow this is interesting so in all time top rated tv shows planet earth 2 is number one Oh yeah, I fucking love me some Planet Earth. Anyways, you want to tell them what's on the the books for next week? Yes, we we were uh, we were just discussing this uh, whether we should do um, another Star Wars episode, or I suggested we should do another Sci Fi Smackdown. Oh and god, yeah! You got excited for this too, and this excites yeah. me. You know what? Know what I realized today? Yeah, how cool the title of sci-fi smackdown is yeah eh? like it's it's clever i like it too yeah so. I, it's like it's like a it's honestly like if we were to have a, a, a sh- another show which was just sci-fi related stuff it would be called sci-fi smackdown i feel because yes. it ties in it ties in our you know love and appreciation for wrestling more specifically classic wwe yes uh and and our love for films and more oh, especially fuck. sci-fi films I just realized classic and WWE means 2000s era WWE to us. To us, to us, yes. Um, Which I is, just realized that classic WWE can mean different things for everybody. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, SmackDown with an exclamation point at the end. With the fist through the fucking Jumbotron, you know? Yes. I was always, That's a, the one. I was always a SmackDown guy. I, I, I didn't like the Raw shows. I like SmackDown because SmackDown had Batista... The Undertaker, Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Friday, and it was Friday night, bro. What do you Dude, mean? Edge. Like it was Friday night. Like you yeah, had man, Monday night, stay which is like yeah, exactly. Like you had Monday night, which is like fuck. I have school the next day. I can barely even sit through this, and my mom's yelling at me. But then you got Friday night fucking SmackDown when it's your parents are downstairs drinking and they don't give a fuck what you're doing upstairs, and you're fucking oh yeah, it's the fucking Undertaker, bitch. Undertaker's the greatest. That of got time. really loud, Cheney. Watch out when you're editing that. That okay. got really loud for me. Um, so yeah, we're doing a sci-fi smackdown number. Yeah, no, I think we're gonna do a sci-fi smackdown for sure. Yeah. For number three. For yes. oh yeah, here are the films. Blade Runner, the director's cut, the original Blade Runner. Um, which is on Netflix. Uh, for people who are wondering, it just got on Netflix. Make sure you find the director's cut or the final cut, which I think it's referred to now, because okay. there's like I want to say four or five versions of Blade Runner that I'm putting out there, and we'll talk about it in the episode. It has a really interesting history of its release, 
which is why it has so many versions, but make sure you find the final version of Blade Runner. And then we're also going to talk about the sequel. Is that Ridley Scott's version? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Ridley Scott's Blade Runner, the original, um, I want to say 89. Just something like that. that. Yeah. I'll, I'll just quickly say like when I got into Laurier and, you know, I'm, I'm in film or I was in film done school now. Um, and my first film lecture, my first film screening that I attended with Gars actually, and we, we still talk about it today, was Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner. And we saw it in um, fucking uh, like a lecture hall, Bricker 101, Bricker 102, one of those, uh, which is like essentially watching it in a theater, a pretty small, like kind of indie theater. And it was like amazing. Like it, 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 I, it was the first time I saw Blade Runner and I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was a heavily, a very influential movie of its time, but I didn't know why. I had just, I just remembered like I knew certain visuals of it the coca-cola ad the fucking you know cyberpunk aesthetic to it um and i remember watching it and i was like holy fuck like this is this is why i'm taking film for four years like this is exactly why i want to commit to taking film as a course and understanding this kind of movie and you know um and we'll get into it like i feel really passionately about this because this was the first movie that i got to kind of really deeply break down in um in the school environment but also just like in a in a in a way that made me like inspired me to make movies in this kind of way um cheney's also an actor in some of my movies so he knows he how much one uh, movie maybe another one coming up yeah i gotta send you that dialogue <laughs> yeah don't worry bro it's, it's it's gonna happen it's it's gonna happen and yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna we'll get into it in the next episode. I won't drag this out for too long because we're hitting a good point. But so original Blade Runner for first movie and for the second movie, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the sequel to that made by Denis Villeneuve, um, also on Netflix. Um, it was directing yeah. Dune, so that'd be a good good um, right litmus test for me. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. So we were talking about in the last episode, he's directing Dune, and this is kind of. A lot of people say that um, the sequel to Blade Runner is better than the original Blade Runner. So I I want to talk about that in the next Are episode. Are you one to say that? What's that? Are you one to say that or should I Am, wait till next Is that week? my opinion? Oh, let's let's hold that answer for the next episode. Let's talk about it in the next okay. one. Yeah. All right. Um, but let's, yeah, we'll, we'll end this one here and there. But um, yeah, next episode, Blade Runner, guys. And Cheney. You're the outro guy now. Let's hear it. Yeah, fuck. All right. Hey, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Hey, here are our ads for the week. Nah, we don't have ads. I wish. Nah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, My ad is the beer I'm drinking. And the, sorry, Janie, quick, quick shout out to Grolsch Beer, the um, premium Pilsner from the land of, I'm going to find out what land this is from. Poland. I want to say Poland. Oh, no. I want to say the Poles, Polish. No, no offense to the Polish, but no, no, we don't want to give any offense to the Polish. I, I have a good Polish friend, actually, um, good friend of mine, Thomas. Shout out, shout out the Polish people. Great beer, uh, and yeah, hopefully we get we get some adverts someday. Get some, get some, get the lights running in the show. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what I'm dragging this on for any longer. Chady, let's end it. Fuck.
follow us on Instagram at Mythic Morons. We constantly post on uh, what movies we're watching so you guys can keep up um, and chat with us, have conversations with us. We're happy to interact. That's what we do this for. Um, and make sure you give us a rating on whatever uh, podcast listening app you're using, whether that be Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. It really does help a lot. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, see you in the next one, guys. Signing out.